And we're live with our 149. I was going to look at a camera, by the way, and there's no camera there. So I have to like look over here. Anyways, we're live with our 149th episode of Absolute Absec. I'm the very disheveled uh, Ken Johnson at CK Tricky on Twitter, joined by my co host, Seth Law at Seth Law on Twitter. Seth, say hi. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode. Uh, Ken's not the only one disheveled today. I'm the, I'm the reason that we're late. Um, it's just been, yeah, for some reason we hit, it's fourth quarter, Ken. That's, that's really that's what, what it is, right? Like uh, for anybody that's been in consulting knows fourth quarter just turns into all sorts of work and people asking for the moon and which is great, right, from a business perspective, but from a life perspective, it just gets a little bit hectic. That's all. Um, I mean, I, I, like, I can't go into too many specifics, but basically found a critical issue during an assessment and had to jump on a call and let the client know. And then they were pushing through to see if it was in production and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So anyway, I was trying to help somebody. That's all it, it boiled down to. Um that sounds like any given day in consulting. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I broke the golden rule and I've engaged a consultancy to do an assessment in Q4. But, uh, but Ken, I, Ken, but, no, shame, shame. <laughs> and I deserve all the shame that you give me and everybody else gives me. But but it's only because I found out that it was necessary like uh, right what, before for the Q4. So like yeah, I didn't, yeah, yeah. I didn't for know. For compliance <laughs> reasons, compliance it reasons. Is, and actually it is for compliance reasons, even worse, right? So um, no, it, I, yeah, I didn't, I didn't know until it was like Q4 time. I was like, oh, I feel so bad doing this, but it is what it is. So it sucks. But you know, it's funny for you, it's Q4 for most people doing consulting. It's Q4 for, for, for us at GitHub, it can be Q4. But it depends, right? We have GitHub Universe in a week, and that usually can occur any time anywhere in the time frame of October to December. But what's interesting is, even though, like, let's so just falling falling through on that line of thought. If it happens in December, yeah, we'll be busy in Q4. If it happens like now in October, we're actually mostly busy through the summer. It's been kind of quiet the last, I would say, maybe week and a half, two weeks even um, as we get closer to our conferences. So we have two conferences, Universe and Satellite. And mm-hmm. right before both those conferences, it gets pretty quiet because people stop deploying stuff. There's like freezes, you know, stuff like that. So it's, it's. I'm saying that usually it is Q4 for us, but this year it's it was actually more of the summer that was a little bit busy. So, um, but yeah, Godspeed to all you folks who are, uh, consultants and doing q4 mad rush i apologize in advance and uh i don't have alcohol i have a coffee but you know here's to you so yeah yeah thanks appreciate it yeah i i mean and part of it is just setting expectations for sure right um but i i I don't know i part of my upbringing or whatever i have a hard time saying no to people too especially when they want to you know as a consultancy they want to pay you and give you money it's hard to to turn that away so, yeah, everybody has the same story with that. Everybody has the same story with that. So it's a hard, it's a hard one. It, it's only not hard if the client's kind of a pain and also doesn't pay well. Like if you're, if you're a high maintenance customer and you don't pay well, uh, that could get easy to chop you off as a client um, yeah. and send you to someone else. But 
Um, and you know, we of course do it politely and all that stuff, you know, you don't want to leave a bad taste in people's mouth, but it's, it's easy. It's what the hard one is when people are paying like the rates you prefer, they're pretty good customers. Most customers are right. I mean, they're coming to you saying, I want your services. It's hard. It's hard to say no, especially like, um, you develop relationships with people too. That's the other thing. It's like, it's not just all business. A lot of the times, especially I feel like in this industry, you know, you, and, and, and if you're not like a giant conglomerate, like, uh, well, I don't know, name any giant conglomerates, but whatever, like if you're a giant consulting conglomerate, you're, you're not like, you know, probably at all have ever met your client before or known them. If you're a smaller consulting shop, you probably got that work through like knowing someone or going to a meetup or them seeing you speak or them seeing something you released or them watching this podcast or whatever it might be. They, they know you and you know them and it's very different. It's hard to say no in those cases. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Just like, yeah. Yeah. Pray for us. It'll it'll be okay. We'll we'll work through it. Right. You've got thoughts. Open up about it. (laughs) (laughs) Um. Again, if you want our best work, come to me in, in like late Q1. <laughs> but oh, okay. yeah, like when, when everybody's not stressed. I, I mean, we've mentioned this before, right? Like, is it's it's kind of a standard a standard practice, right? Like, I you know, I look at the number of projects that we're just juggling, you know, across you know me and my small team, and yeah, we're gonna get through it. It's fine, but everybody's kind of maxed out, switching from this project to that project. Uh, just because that's when it's all come in. So, and then I get larger consultancies that come to us and ask, "Oh, do you guys have extra time?" And I'm like, "What, what do you think this is?" Right? Like, I yeah, no, actually, no, there's no extra time. I was talking to, um, I was talking to. Well, I won't say his name. It, uh, one of our mutual friends. I was talking to him about this, and it it seems like <clears throat> it seems like right about now, um, everybody is been pushing them. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's just like our circle or if it's broader than that, but it seems like everybody's been pushing themselves ridiculously hard, myself included. Um, and now everybody's feeling a little bit of this exhaustion set, not a little bit. I mean, everybody I talk to is like full on exhausted, like mm-hmm. just done. Not. Yeah. Well, and that's, I, I mean, you know, I like, there was that Twitter thread that I pushed out. I mean, it was, uh, I can't remember how long ago it was, right. Asking people what they did to recharge. And, um, I, mean, it's, de- there's, there's definitely things, right. Stepping away from the computer. Like I know you've got the jujitsu stuff. I've got like biking and running and like working out definitely helps. Um, but there's also the grind factor, right? Like, and, and I don't know how much this goes back to, we're kind of looking at the same thing day after day. Yeah, you know, it's a little bit different, um, but some of it also is, geez, right? Like, have we really come that far, right? Yeah, it, it may be fun to find SQL injection or some cool cross-site scripting, you know, whatever pop-up. Um, but I, I don't get the same, I, I don't know how else to say it, the same dopamine hit from it that I did, you know, 10 years ago, right? Like when yeah. you're first getting into the industry, you know, you find that first big critical issue. You're like, yes, like, this is why I do this. This is awesome. And now it's like, oh, look, a critical issue, right? Like, great. Um, now, now it's time to document. Now, like, now I understand the full process of actually fixing that issue and like how much responsibility goes into it, making sure it's explained properly. So it gets, you know, 
it, it's maybe not as exciting as it was when it's just like, Hey, I'm just purely breaking stuff. I guess I don't, I don't know. I don't know what your thoughts on that are because you're internal now, right? Like you're tracking a whole bunch of other stuff when that comes in. It's less for, okay. I would say for me, it's less here. Here's the difference in consulting. I do think I do feel it's repetitive and, um, to a degree, it depends on where you work too. Like it definitely, uh, someone like you, you, you know, you're known for being good at what you do. You're going to get some more advanced type of assessments. When I say advanced, I mean, people are going to hand you code. It might be multiple services talking to each other. You're, you know, you're, you're probably on the better end of things than, than say we were at like fishnet, right? Fishnet was very repetitive. We got a URL, got credentials, we kept going. And I, I don't want to, talk about any other consultancies we've worked at, but it's, you know, it can be similar, but if you have a, like a, a, a you know, like I said, your situation, it, it can be, you can see some variance in what you're assessing and that's nice. Whereas if you're internal, oftentimes you're kind of pigeonholed into a few uh, different languages and, and frameworks because of the pay path thing we talked about during the last episode. However, one thing that I've noticed is like for uh, so on our, on our side, it's weird, right? Like when we do assessments, a lot of times, uh, we've already done a, a lot of the things that kind of take care of some of the simpler web vulnerabilities, right? So like secure code requirements, having people go through a review process, performing some threat model, maybe working with our architecture team and, uh, Neil Matatal and those folks, um, to make sure it's designed properly. There's a lot of things that have already gone into it. So by the time we get to our reviews, a lot of times what we're doing is we've got a checklist of like weird behavior and weird edge cases that are specific to GitHub uh, that we actually have to like look for, right? So for instance, um, just as an example, we have the concept of private email addresses, right? So you have to make sure when a new feature has been developed or a new product's been developed, if it's handling those things, like it, it accounts for private email addresses. This is just one of many things that we we have that are very specific to us. So for us, when we do testing, uh, and actually I should promote this at some point, we have a job open to, to come up on our team. So that's a uh, good timing. I uh, put it in Slack link. I can put it in YouTube as well here in a moment. But anyways, you know, so we're kind of going through these checklists and we're just not looking for traditional web security bones, right? We're looking for more, I mean, we do validate that like stupid stuff like C-Surf and whatever, it's not there, but, um, you know, a lot of it's just what it, what are the expectations of our business and how our main platform operates? And then anything that feeds off of that platform, you know, you get, you've got like the regular, everything from service to service, uh, authentication to, uh, how is, you know, the whole RBAC bit being, um, enforced to like all the weird edge casey things that we specifically have to look for. So I guess what I'm trying to say is it's less, it's, it's less repetitive in some ways, probably repetitive in others. And yeah, that's my full thought on that, I guess, is just, it's like, I, I don't know how to succinctly wrap this up. It's, it's, there's no good answer. There's no good. It, 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 you know, part of it, it's, it's just having a job, right? Like, you know, you, you become an expert at something and hmm. of course there's going to be portions of it that are repetitive that probably aren't as, fulfilling as they once were right like it's you know but it's finding the new stuff to actually keep yourself engaged um and figuring well, we, out what yeah 
we've expanded to like, that's the thing is like we have, what I'm trying to say is like with actions and with code spaces and all these things, it has expanded our reach. So it's actually getting more complex to, to, to account for, but repetitive in some ways, some ways. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. I don't mean to cut you off, but just in, in what you were saying, it reminded me like, no, we, we actually, it's a, it's a, it's a spreading out of, of what used to be centralized in one app and, and all these new features. And now you got to think like, Imagine what, like you now you're you're trying to think through like okay how does a CI CD system work properly with the expectation authorization expectations within GitHub, or I have to give you a web editor where you're definitely going to be editing HTML and JavaScript, but not introduce XSS and make seventy different things work together. Container orchestration, make sure all the authorization expectations on either side, whether it's VS Code online or it's you know. Uh, GitHub, make sure those things all operate, right? And then flow into uh, our newer features like projects and all these things that, you know, like people are already playing with. So it's uh, or pro the second version of projects. So it's just, it's, man, it's a lot. It's a lot to think through. So, but it can be repetitive in some ways too. So it's, it's a weird, <laughs> interesting dichotomy. It is. I, I mean, but it's exciting too, right? Okay. And that, that, that's part of my question. Uh, and I, you know, as people like listen to this episode or want to want to talk about it, that would be my question to everyone that's in the industry is how do you, how do you keep yourself engaged and interested? Right. Um, so when you are, when you, when you hit these busy times or you hit this, this wall that is imposter syndrome, right. What is it that you do to push through that? Yes, there is the, uh, you know, hey, you've got to disconnect. You've got to keep it like reasonable, like some sort of balance, whatever balance looks like for you, but some sort of balance has to be there. Um, but on top of that, like, what, what is, where is it that you go to keep that inspiration and to keep that fire going? I mean, you know, so Ken, like to you, first of all, like, what, where is it that you go for that stuff? Like, what is it that you do? Yeah, actually, it's funny you asked that because about two weeks ago, or maybe it was like a week and a half ago, I don't know, something like that. I got really kind of burnt out on the whole because, like, you know, I told you I'd moved in from an uh, IC, an individual contributor into a manager earlier this year. So I managed uh, at the time it was three teams because I was building the bounty team and then handing that off to our response element uh, under a different manager. So now it's down back to what I always intended, which was two two teams. Anyways, all I'm trying to say is there's a lot of managing that I do, you know, all the things you'd expect, one-on-ones, uh, meetings, um, planning, like, you know, OKR and KR style planning. Uh, so for those that aren't familiar, that's like objectives and key results and key results, basically just saying, here's what we're going to do for this time frame. Here's what the extra criteria looks to like have completed this uh, objective all those types of things, right? All that traditional stuff. It was wearing on me. I got to be honest. I am a technical person. So to only do pure management was really wearing on me. So what I did was I took, since we had some time and I started writing code again. So we have this security review process that we've been going through and trying to overhaul. Um, longer term, we're working on some tooling. That's really exciting. Um, in the shorter ter term, there's some things we could do, like give you an, um, have you answer questions in a specific way give you a risk score, tell you what's going to happen next, clean up that process. And that's what, what, I, what I did. I wrote code. So for me, that's a really super long-winded way of saying there are other tasks that we've kind of needed to do that require some technical hands-on keyboard stuff. And for me, writing code always sparks a level of creativity and 
just gets me excited about what we do again. And um, for me, that's what, what, that's what worked. I'm, I'm like, I feel like I bounced back just because I took a step back to just go heads down, listen to music and write code. That's uh, yeah. And that's cool. Cool. Right. Like that, 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 that's my question. Right. And, and I think that's partially, you know, trying to run a, you know, a small consultancy on my side. I'm sure that's part of what I feel when I hit these like busy times is it becomes more of a, a management and a, you know, I'm trying to like manage all these projects. I may be reviewing reports, but there's not as much like technical hands-on that uh, is keeping me engaged and searching and finding. And again, those little dopamine hits that come from understanding an application, understanding a code base, and then actually being able to tease out an interesting vulnerability. That's what drives us. Um, or, or like me personally, right? Like I know that that is. And so I've got to find ways to make sure that that still happens instead of just the pure, okay, here's a report. This is the vulnerability, the explanation, the meetings that go along with, you know, scoping out an application, all that kind of stuff that is, yeah. it, it's almost secondary to the stuff that drives us. So we're problem solvers, man. That's, that's what I think. I think that this job, if nothing else, we are problem solvers. And actually, I could go into, again, another long-winded, and I won't for everyone's sake here, including yours. I won't go into a long-winded rant, but I think like uh, I could point to so many examples, whether it's you know what you're looking for when you're interviewing people and how you interview them uh, to just like when you're in the role, like what you're doing. Everything we do, it doesn't matter if it's people-related, if it's technical-related, everything we do is solving problems. And I think if I, if I may be so... If, ha- if I if I may have the audacity to paint with broad strokes here, I think a lot of us, um, maybe most of us, if not all of us, uh, have have strong problem solving skills, and you know that's what drives us to these these things. It's a puzzle. It's a challenge. It's something that's interesting. And to your point about dopamine hits, there's no better feeling than when you're really frustrated and struggling and you've just, you figure it out and it clicks and it works and whatever thing that is, whether you're trying to find a vulnerability or prove out that it's a vulnerability, or if you're writing code or whatever it is, it is fun. It is rewarding. And I think that if you can find a way to get back to what's, what's rewarding and allow, allow yourself to like, tune out of the almost get out of your own way and out of your own head and just tune out and just start to like focus on the things that make you happy in terms of, you know, whether that, whatever problem that might be solved, uh, whatever problem you might be solving, it, it helps. It helped for me uh, for sure. Cause I was feeling massive burnout and like, man, like, are we as humans really geared to care a lot about spreadsheets and meetings? No, not really. What is it any wonder that that gets to be yeah. a grind? Absolutely not you know but solving a problem is fun it always yeah. is yep yep well i mean to that point right like that's the other thing this uh this week actually you know and i'll be headed down there this afternoon is uh saint con in uh utah right like here i'll throw the link up where did it go completely lost it i had it up here somewhere um but uh should be interesting, right? Uh, the one thing I find with SaintCon specifically is there's not a ton of uh, like application security content there, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. 
But you know what? That can be fun too, though. I that's actually that's one of the reasons I liked Cactus Con when you and I went was because it was like we it's were a doing, mix. We're, yeah. We again going back to doing something different. We did something different. We put badges together and soldered. We did like just yeah, just going into random talks where they were talking about something that's not even really applicable, you know, to our day to day. But it's fun. It's fun to watch. It's fun to learn. You know, something yeah. new is always like for me. That's also a dopamine hit. Is like yeah. Well, and this same con actually has a really good, they call it hacker challenge, right? Like it's almost a Jeopardy style board of challenges that you have to fix. So it's their, their take on a CTF that they've done for years. That's not the same as some of the others that you go to. So there's like a whole like section on, you know, there might be a section on reverse engineering, but then there's a section on like hacker trivia and other stuff that it gets interesting, right? That you end up learning I mean, stuff kind of outside the box. It might be applicable at some level, like you're saying, but at others, it'll just be, you know, it's more about taking a step back and learning something else and maybe finding another passion, right? Whether that's lock picking or something else. Are you getting a fair amount of technical work uh, that like for your time being divided up in a a week, are you, are you feeling that you're getting enough of that problem solving and that sort of like reward uh, with hands on keyboard or? Um, it varies week to week, right? Um, part, I mean, part of my malaise lately, I'm sure is because it's been probably a lot heavier on the, on the management side of, you know, getting contracts built out, scoping out work, actually like engaging, you know, the consultants and project managers to make sure that everything's set up so that we can actually do the work. Um, and yeah, and then just being, you know, so it feels like I'm busy without like really accomplishing, you know, getting to the core of what it is. Um, I mean, most weeks I, I, I would say I do get there at least half the time, if not more than that. Uh, right. But, but the last couple of weeks because of Q4 and all the projects that have been coming in, it really doesn't feel like it's been that much. It's been a lot more of, wow, we're going to get on this call and talk about doing the work, right? Like it's more management style stuff and that just, yeah the planning meetings yeah planning meetings and then being pulled into you know client planning meetings because they don't know what they need and yeah that's probably the core of it man like we got into this stuff because we enjoy it and i mean i don't know if it's like egotistical to say but i think we're pretty good at it and you know, the results have, have been proven out. So I don't think it's, like I said, too egotistical to say that, um, you know, this is what we enjoy. This is what we came to do. But yeah, as you get older and more experienced and you have more more responsibility, you get farther and farther away at times from that. There are a few lucky people that get like that. Um, or I should say lucky. There are a few people who choose to stay, you know, down the path of the army of one forever. And they end up usually becoming like, principal or distinguished engineers and and that's you know that's great um i'd argue that it's good to have like the uh it's weird it's a weird thing and it's like it's good to have both because you meaning like you know technical and um some level of responsibility because you get used to uh thinking a little bit more i know like specific to me for sure that the first part of my career i was very focused on um 
not caring at all about the human element to any of this. And then it only, it took like some hard lessons learned to, uh, to, you know, and, and part of that was because of like having more responsibility, having to manage people, having to think about, you know, more than just yourself and just what your team's accomplishing and stuff like that. And, um, you know, it's still an ongoing learning process for sure, but it's, it's sort of a, it's, it's a good thing, but like if you, if the balance, if the scales tip too far towards the unfun stuff for too long, I think it ends up shutting down your desire to show up period. Yeah. 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 That would, uh, yeah, I think that's well, and that's it. Like, how do you actually maintain that? Like, what is it? What sort of boundaries do you need to set? Um, it's hard when you're a happen. small business owner. It's hard yeah. because you kind of feel like you have to do everything. And in a lot of cases, you are doing everything. I think that's why it's so hard as a, like a, a business owner. You know, it's different for me as a man, somebody who's working inside of a company who's a manager, right? Like I can take a week and a half step back if it gets slower and I want to do something different. It's fine. But I think it's harder if you're a small business, but I I've, I've heard that the, the, you know, I don't know what you think, but I, I know you've done this too, where you've like for technical writing, you've used uh, for things that are not your best skill set and you are not the best person to use uh, for, for something um, like technical writing reviews, meaning like, uh, you know, just the grammar and punctuation and stuff like that, or whether it's drafting a sow or whatever that thing is, if that's not what the, thing you're the best at and it can be given to somebody else usually that's sort of i think what people do right that's how you start to build out Mm -hmm. yeah and and i think that's part of the like growing into that pro or into that like almost larger organization right as it's hard it's tough right it's growth uh and like anytime you have to take a step back from all right i've had complete control over this, but now I've got to trust somebody else because it isn't filling my cup. It's not something that I, I enjoy doing. So we're going to start pushing it off and it's worth it to pay somebody else for it. Um, but then it also comes back to, all right, how much is coming in? Like, what does the pipeline look like? Right? Like the, the, the number of items that get thrown at you. I mean, it, it's life, right? Like, yeah, I, I don't want to yeah. complain too much. It's life, but it's also, I think yeah. why this is an interesting conversation, though, is because it's more than just you at this point. I'm seeing so many people that I know that are about our level of experience, about our same, similar in the career field, you know, similar lifestyle, similar stuff going on. And uh, it, I guess that's why it's interesting. It's just I've seen so many people that I've talked to that are just like done. They're just they're wiped out, you know, they, and, and also, I mean, I don't know, I'm sure there's other things like uh, because of the pandemic, like vacations or something like that, less frequent vacations or something. There's, I'm sure there's a lot of factors going through the mental yep. fatigue. Of, I will say one thing also that's helped me out is like not paying attention to social media too much, you know, re- seriously, like unless it's like memes on Instagram or jujitsu videos or something like I'm I'm just yeah, I rarely post on Facebook ever. Don't I try not to read it much. You know, a lot of that stuff helps Twitter. I barely go on. Um, yeah. Well, and I so. mean, we had this, we had this today, right? Like I, I know Derek's got his, uh, you know, his um, informed, right? Like uh, discord channel, but the like it, Twitter is, 
it's not the same as it was 10 years ago, right. From a research perspective. Um, like I go on there and I, like, I, I don't see as much activity and, and that's partially me as well to blame because I don't post a lot of stuff. I'm not seeing a lot of articles that come through. I'm not seeing stuff that I can actually push. Right. Mm. Um, I, I did follow, did start following more of the bug bounty community and that has helped for like technical content. Um, I think it's just because like at that point, you know how hungry you are earlier on, which is we've already talked about the fact that a lot of times bug bounties are, bug bounty hunters are usually a little earlier in their career. Um, so, yeah. 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 It's, you know, that's, you're right. That's probably it. Right. Uh, but Anyway, if you've got good sources for stuff that's going on, please share them with us, right? Like, um, or something that you want to talk about for sure. Um, like, I'm looking through like lobsters research oh. is pretty good. But what were you yeah, going to say? I forgot. I don't know. I'm glad you brought this up. Yeah. So, because uh, we were supposed to have Jerry on today, the everybody's plans got messed up today. This is this is the life that everybody. Like I said, everybody's leading these crazy lives right now, where the the scheduling is hard. So we were supposed to have Jerry Gamlin on today. We're actually going to have him on next Tuesday. Um, you know, we had to end up moving that. Um, but yeah, we're excited to have Jerry on. What was the thing that uh, they were asking us to bring Jerry on? I think we figured we could talk about that a little bit. Um, it was the it's the Missouri Desi oh, gosh. Uh, breach, yeah. right? Because um, yeah, Jerry lives in Missouri, right? Is he still there? I believe so. I he he was last time I checked. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll ask him next week. Um, yeah, so that was an interesting one, right? Like they basically said that a journalist was a hacker because he did view source on a specific page and can see all these like. Uh, Social security, social security numbers for, for, for educators and PII because they were loading them behind the scenes. Like, I, I don't know if they're in the comments or what, but it'll be interesting to talk to him about it. The governor, so, man, like nobody, nobody with a technical background helped this guy out at all. They let him go on there and look like a complete asshat without ever correcting. Like, he's like, this guy hacker gotta get him gotta get him it's it was bananas like to what to just again recap what seth said there was a website it was returning everybody's pii and uh it was doing so by hiding it um in the source of the html i, I don't know the details it probably commented out or something you probably have to view the html source like a hacker would uh <laughs> um so yeah the governor's just like and then, and, and what's even freaking worse about this is that they followed the responsible disclosure. Like they disclose the thing. And this is, uh, I mean, we've talked about it on the podcast. This happened to me too. This is why I'm like, I'm so hesitant to ever tell the government they have issues because this is what happened. They were like, Hey, you have this issue. Let's keep it on the DLO. Let's disclose this to you. And then it was like, okay, well you're a hacker. So let's get, let's, let's prosecute, prosecute. prosecute. And I'm sure there was more s- steps in between, but this this governor couldn't have looked any dumber. And by the way, if 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 we know about one subject, right, which is uh, cybersecurity, right, and we can see how flawed politicians thinking it, it you know how how flawed their critical thinking skills are, just because we happen to know the subject really well, which in this case was you know computer security, cybersecurity, like that should call into question. And I know I've said this before, again, I'm re- repeating things, but this should call into question 
how well our politicians are operating in terms of critical thinking skills, right? Because we know about this one topic really well. Imagine, imagine how other people in other fields look at the decisions that they make. I mean, it is, but somebody yeah. should have, this poor governor, somebody should have said something. And, and well, I, I mean, I, yeah. the, the, okay. The issue that I have too, right. If you start looking at some of the reporting around this, um, right. Like I, I just Googled, you know, DESE breach, right? And there's a couple of articles that are related to it. But like the third line in this article um, says, okay, the hacker, number one, took the records of at least three educators, decoded the HTML source code and accessed social security numbers. I'm like, I'm like, okay, like- They probably even based that, 64 decode, it encoded it. It, it, it. it probably wasn't even encoded. That's what I'm saying, right? Like, how do you decode HTML source? It's like plain text, right? Like, mark. it's a markup language. It's not even encoded. I, uh, so, like, the, the journalists are just throwing stuff out there. And the fact that they keep referring to this other journalist as a hacker, right? Like, it's just- the whole yes. thing is a, is a complete mess. And I'm sure we're going to get into it next week with Jerry because he's got his opinions as well. And, um, yeah. but I, I'm with you, right? Like uh, the, the, the people that we elect that are in charge of these different places, right? Like, I don't know that the history of, or the, you know, the career path of the governor of Missouri, right? Like it has little to no effect on me outside of this podcast today, but um I would imagine, you know, he was probably some, I don't know, car salesman or like he was, you know, he worked for the government or what, you know, X, Y, and Z. He probably doesn't have a strong technical background. Actually, I can pretty much assure that he doesn't have a strong technical background. <laughs> Dude, this is, and my favorite part is they're like, it's going to cost $50 million to fix this. Like, and then, so it's going to cost $50 million to fix this. And then it's also like, the and I put the Krebs on security because it's just it's like a highlight reel of stupidity and and I mean like they did good reporting they did great reporting for, for Krebs on security but in the way they wrote up this article but it's hilarious because it's like on the one hand it's like oh it's gonna take fifty million dollars to fix this um, we're gonna prosecute to the fullest extent of the law which is again what uh, but then but then but then also trying to downplay it like. It's also not that big of a deal. Like, how <laughs> how can you say those three things together? Like, I excuse me, it's a real. Honestly, read the article, folks. It's a real roller coaster. It's uh, very clear that the Missouri uh, government doesn't know what cybersecurity is, um, or at least this governor. So, uh, yeah. so and, and that's just it, right? You know that there's somebody in there, like on their security team, and like whether they're in the IT department or whatever that is just like hands on head <laughs> you know, know. face palming just like sitting there going ah oh. that's oh it i have God. to quit i can't show my face at defcon this year you know what i mean like um i'm now an independent consultant i no longer work for the state of missouri right I, yeah my god this <laughs> this guy i'm looking at pictures of him too there's no there there's no doubt in my mind he doesn't know a thing about computers i mean and i don't like the thing is most politicians don't, they don't hyper specialize in any of these topics, right? Whether it's the environment, whether it's, you know, whatever, right. They're not, they just take their, they take their feedback from their advisors. So 
where were their advisor? Where was his advisors on this one? Like, my goodness. Uh, just, yeah, amazing. Anyways, not a, not a bright gentleman, uh, it would seem, or at least uh, pe people that are advising this person. Yeah, just not. But I, I don't, even if you're not, if you, even if you don't technically understand it, why would you say that, that it's this big of a deal and you're going to prosecute to the fullest extent of the law and all of this stuff and then downplay it also in the same breath? I, I don't, I don't get it. But anyways, interesting one. Interesting one to, to be sure. Yeah. So. I, like, this, it's one of those, <laughs> this is an example of how not to uh, respond. Oh, did you see the? <laughs> yeah. If, if you're, let me tell you, if you're listening to this or you're watching this podcast and you're not in our Slack channel, you're missing out. Derek is dropping some, some fresh memes about this right now. Pretty good stuff. Um, so you should definitely go to our website, absoluteabsec.com and click on the Slack join, invite link. Join, join the Slack invite link. Yes. Yes. That's um, really funny. Yeah. I Okay. Yeah. Oh, hey, and uh, I did want to mention too, swag got mailed out. All the swag for everybody, including our... Man, it cost me like 70 bucks to mail to Australia, by the way. <laughs> worth it. <laughs> Daniel, you're amazing. But uh, so worth it. But yeah, Still no, we, we got all the international and domestic uh, swag stuff shipped. So if you were expecting swag from back in March, as far back as March, sorry, I suck. Uh, but yeah, it's stuff's all been sent out. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to retweet that. I, yeah, I'm that's drop amazing. That, that was amazing. Nice find. Yeah. <laughs> to convert and decode HTML. This is wonderful. Thank you. Oh, this is wonderful. Oh, I'm posting this right now. Oh, you already did. Yeah, I just did. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good times. Yeah. Just oh, wow. bananas, man. Just bananas. But, you know, but it does make you think it's like, man, if you guys are this inept about computers, what else? Like, what else are we making policies about that we we don't know anything about? You know, probably a lot. Yeah, it's I, well, and that, I, I mean, that's just it. They talk about like a lot of the bills and things that actually get written by industry experts and then they just throw them in front. And the, the figurehead or the representative or whoever really doesn't have an idea of what's in it. They just... And part of that's appropriate, right? Like you want yeah, people you can't like be an expert on everything. Yeah, yeah. But you have to know who to trust, and you know, uh, yeah. But or actually trust your, you know, <laughs> trust your <laughs> yeah, oh, your advisors. Talking, we're watching Slack, and we're like trying. We're trying to talk. But we're looking at this, and it's just it, yeah. Go to that. That actually go to that. Our our CVS hack link for sure, and read the read me. It's it's just amazing. It's just hilarious. My goodness, it was successfully deployed. Yeah, that's oh man. If this wasn't the most smart ass <laughs> uh, GitHub repo right. ever put put up there. That's awesome. <laughs> oh man. Oh, yeah, man. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, what else were we going to talk about today, Ken? I know we're, we're going to have a shortened episode today, um, just with everything going on. Um, there was a couple of good things that dropped, but yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I do want to show at some point, and I don't know if now's. I don't think now's the time, but uh, there is a how much new balances cost. <laughs> oh yeah. That's cause I put, I was tired. I put in our description last night about, uh, I said, it's uh, two old men bitching and moaning about AppSec and the price of new balances. Uh, so something like that. Uh, I was tired. I was just putting something in there cause you got to do something. So, um, 
the well, so one thing I'm going to share at some point when I can, but I figured I might as well, or I might as well uh, mention it. It's, it's kind of a nice thing. Um, uh, you, there are uh, with GitHub, there are uh, issue form syntax. I'm trying to actually pull it up. That's why I'm fucking weird. Okay, so there's this uh, syntax you can make really cool uh, forms where you for an issue, right? Like an issue template on GitHub. And uh, which you've been able to do before, but now we have this like templating system. Um, you can put it in YAML and then it has like uh, validations for making something required. So people have to actually fill it out before they can hit submit issue. Um, you can use it for drop downs, text area inputs, all that stuff. Um, so actually John, uh, our mutual friend, John and I uh, have been collaborating and using the like drop downs and issue forms to create a like security review template and then using actions to parse the answers and then uh, drop the sort of the risk rating into an issue comment. So like you, you fill out something, you submit it because the labels attached our action runs. It does a calculation on, you know, where your scores land. Cause it's like uh, you, 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 these are the things that are scored or like you have to choose one of, certain options, right? There's not free form for those things that are scored. So they match up to a specific number and then we give you a score and that's printed out in an issue comment on the issue that you've opened. So I, I want to show that code when it's uh, in that whole thing, the way it works uh, in a little bit more, we'll demo it in the future, actually demos how that kind of works. So you can see how you might be able to do that yourself, build a sort of security review process. Um, using those tools, but it's, it's something I just wanted to highlight because it's a pretty cool, like it was a cool workaround until our like long-term tooling is in place. So it's kind of fun. Yeah, no, I, I mean, it's interesting, right? Like using any of the automated stuff that's available to you, right? Like I, I can't tell you how useful the actions have been just from like a de deployment perspective or even just like, you know, we use, you know, full disclosure, we use GitHub for a lot of kind of our internal processes for, you know, moving a, uh, an assessment through different stages of the project in, in and of itself. And it's, you know, having the actions, having the ability to actually script things up on each of the different repositories and then cloning them from repo to repo has been super interesting. I did know that there was that, or I saw that um, there was a vulnerability that came out about actions that basically allowed somebody to bypass the peer review process. Uh, oh yeah. That one. Yeah, so that's gonna actually about it. Yeah. yeah, that's actually an interesting one. Um, it was it's actually kind of like a lower risk vulnerability, believe it or not. Um, it depends on your it depends on your sort of like okay, branch protection's always been kind of like a a nice but not like a true boundary, right? I think is kind of the but we're looking to actually uh, harden that up so that it. I think anyways, I don't know. I can't really speak to that. Don't listen to me. Whatever I say is like, put a disclaimer on it. I don't know shit. So whatever. But what I do, what I can tell you is it's kind of a lower, it's always kind of a lower risk thing when you're talking about like bypassing branch protections. Yeah. But yeah, I think in this case, they, um, they realize that if you have like right permissions on the token, then that token can be used to, to basically omit the, uh, process essentially. Um, like omit needing to go through the reviewer process. So I don't know. It's like, it's kind of an issue. It's, it's an issue, but it's, I don't know. It's, it's like, 
on the scale of things that can go wrong with actions, it's not something that I'm sitting here like. But I think what happened was, because uh, I'm full disclosure, again, full disclosure, I'm not on the bounty program anymore. We, I, Like I said, I hired up a team. Well, we hired up a team. Uh, my coworkers and I, we all like, you know, interview people and trained them up and all that. And um, now they live under a different manager as part of the same department. So I don't really deal with uh, bounty submissions much at all anymore. So I had heard though, this one was uh, just sort of one of those ones where they had asked if they could release a blog post. And we're usually pretty good about being like, yeah, you know, share your work. Um, but it wasn't like, <clears throat> you know, high risk or critical or anything like that. It was just more sort of like, oh, here's a, if you use these permissions, you can bypass the process type, type of thing. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I mean, my reading of it was basically it depended on how, how much you depended on the the review process for like security controls, right? Um, right. And I know a lot of people don't, right? Like that's not one of the things that they're looking at. I, you know, I I was internal at a couple of organizations, or I've worked with a couple where they they do that pretty heavily, um, mm. but they weren't. This was before Actions was introduced, and they were doing it more through a like they had a some sort of a bot that they had built that would check signatures of people that were approving the PRs before they would actually push from stage to stage, which was, I, I mean, that was different. That was like an automated CICD process, but I can see them being more concerned about it. Right. Especially mm -hmm. if you're talking about, Hey, we're using this for like, I'm just spitballing, right. Like configurations for AWS or something like that. Right. Like it becomes a little bit more critical, but that's based on the criticality of the project you're looking at not necessarily yeah. the code and the just the actions in and of themselves. Yeah, it definitely depends on your use. So I don't think it's a, I think it's, that's, I think that's why we're sort of like, oh, we, we are going to, again, I can't even, you, if I say this and I'm wrong, that's probably possible. So like, don't, don't, don't go based off what I say, but I think that there's probably going to be a little bit more focus on making that. Um, I would guess anyways, I'm just guessing. I don't know anything uh, that, it, that we're probably going to, Try to make branch protection a stronger thing. It would be my guess, but yeah, it definitely does depend on how you're using it and all that stuff. Actually, with with GitHub Actions, there's there's a that that is one that I have to tell you is so complex. The expectations, like when you get a bounty submission in for Actions, I just I'm like I'm sorry in advance because there's a lot of um, unless it's really simple, which is rare. It's there's a lot of like expectations and security boundaries and stuff that you need to be aware of to understand what is an issue and what isn't. Um, you almost have to specialize somewhat in actions. Um, and it's like that for, that's what I was trying to say is like, a lot of these products are expanding out the, you know, it's like, okay, it was all, all your development was just like, here's a source code repository. And then maybe now you're tracking some issues and some cards in, in a project. Oh, now we're doing full end-to-end -end deployment, right? Like it's, so you're not only writing the code, you're deploying, like you're writing the code now in an online editor, you're pushing your code, you're having automated workflows in there where like it, it now deploys and does like, and actually that NIST article I was talking about around microservices talks about how there's like five major, usual major stages is like build, scanning, dependency stuff. And then like finally pushing to prod and there's something I'm missing in there. Um, functional testing, I think is the other thing. Um, so you're doing all that end to end. So it just gets complex is uh, I guess what I'm trying to say with actions. Yeah. Um, no, and, all, that's, and also yeah. then when you do self-hosted runners, there's a whole other ball of wax, right? Like, cause now you're responsible for the CI 
system, not us. And then there's like, there's things that we do if you're using our infrastructure that give you guarantees that completely go away if you use self-hosted runners. So it's, you know, it's like, it's, it's just, there's so many nuances to it, I guess <laughs> what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like any CI CD pipeline, right? Like it's like, I, I don't think we, when those initially started, like Travis and Jenkins and some of those others really started to become popular and the automated tooling, um, there wasn't a lot of security that was built into it, right? Like it was just, hey, we've got these incredibly complex, brittle processes. We can automate it. That's great. And now we need permissions because we've got to have root everywhere. And yeah. <laughs> or or slave out to the, the CIs that that did the, I, I don't know what the term is now. I know it used to be slave slaving different CI systems. But anyways, um, basically just connecting and sharing, you know. It, and actually, Chris Gates and I had that whole... T- uh, series of talks, DevOps uh, stuff that we did, where it was like showing how insanely insecure CI systems were. Like insanely. For instance, just having unauthenticated a console that just lets you write—I uh, don't remember the name of the co- type of coding language, but it's like a—it's a Java, it's a JVM language. Um, gro- groovy, maybe or, or oh, Groovy. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, so something like that. And you could just write code that just like has system level execution and just exfiltrates tokens and does whatever. It was like, what? And there were so many things like that with CI CD systems where it's just it's bonkers how bad it can go. I hope I haven't looked at that stuff since probably five, six years ago. So I wonder how <clears throat> what Jenkins and or whatever it became. It didn't change names. Like Hudson, or something. I don't remember. Anyways, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember anymore either. That's again going back to repetitive stuff. You see so many systems and so many things, and yeah, it just can't remember it all. Cool. Yeah, that's fine. So, anyway, um, well, good. Let's see. Cool. There, I yeah, I don't know if there's much much else that we have to talk about today. Um, we'll get more into the the yeah the disclosure of social security numbers uh, next next week, and actually like the amount of disclosure that I see lately is is is, is has increased right, um, mm-hmm. just like sensitive data being disclosed in applications behind the scenes, like especially yeah we'll get into it next week right React client side JavaScripts you know, big applications, the data that they need, and then how much actually is disclosed through things like GraphQL and other places. It's it's becoming somewhat of a large problem for the industry, like how we protect it and make sure that we're not disclosing. So we'll talk to Jerry yeah. about it. Um, yeah. Yeah, cool. I'd be curious. I mean, now that you bring up GraphQL, I'm curious what advances have occurred in GraphQL testing since like a few years ago when we were, I think it was like three or four years ago, you and I were looking at GraphQL testing and I wonder how that how that's go. We should revisit that. This, we should definitely revisit that for a future conversation. Yeah. Oh, yeah. and I also need to talk to, reach back out to Jason. I had, I forgot to do that. Sorry, Jason, if you're watching forgot to reach back out to you. Um, but yeah, so from, from, from everything that I have to like kind of close out the show, I just wanted to reiterate, we are hiring for my team. Uh, if you don't get through the process, I apologize. It is a very lengthy process. There's a lot of people involved. It's not just me. It's a lot of people involved. Um, we're going to have Jerry on next Tuesday. 
you and I are not doing any in-person training as of right now, meaning there's no conferences that we've submitted to that's, that are offering in-person training. Um, so that's not, the swag's already been mailed out. Once you and I get new swag in, I think it will, uh, we should probably start mailing out stuff again. Uh, I do have shirts left. I mean, I've got some medium, small XLs and maybe some larges left. Um, if you want, I hate to even ask this, but if you, if you do want some of the old, the, like the old swag, the original swag, uh, t-shirts that are gray with the absolute absec, um, I might be able to get those out to you in a reasonable amount of time now. Uh, I am in the process of moving. Uh, yeah, got a new house, renting this. Actually, my, next week I'll look a little different because it's, yeah, going to rent this house out. I have bought a new house a mile away, so I'm in the process of moving. But anyways, email info at absoluteabsec.com with your address, your name, and your T-shirt size. Again, your address, your name, and your T-shirt size. Info at absoluteabsec.com. <clears throat> and... I do my best to be timely about this one since I, I'm already I have all the packing gear out anyways. Um, and then what else for announcements, Seth, do you have? I'm looking at my board here. Yeah. I don't see anything else. I mean, if yeah, if, if anybody listening, they're, they're probably already at St. Con, but if they want to come by the Red Point booth today, I will give you absolute AppSec swag. I've still got a couple of those gray t-shirts as well. Just a couple, though. I'm almost out. So we'll be refreshing here pretty quick. And Color also said, give me your first pet's name, the make and model make of your model first car. First car. Yeah. And your high school yep. mascot. Mother's maiden name is good too. Um, let's see. Just you've got to answer your security questions for us to provide you with any swag. That's just it's an agreement that we have. So uh, <laughs> oh. all right. Well, apparently that's where we're at today. So uh <laughs> We appreciate everybody joining. Uh, we will dig more in next week. Uh, there's a couple of demos that I'm working on that I'd like to show with Burp Suite and some XSS stuff that's been fun lately. And <laughs> yeah, Derek, it's already been exposed. You're right. Um, all of our <laughs> all of our data is out there. You know, AppSec yeah. nihilists. Yep. Um, yeah. Anyway, thanks for joining. And yeah, we'll catch everybody next week with... Uh, yeah, with Jerry and more discussion. So, any anything else, Ken? Uh, no, that was it. All right, thanks everybody for joining today. We'll see y'all online. See ya. Thank.